So the long-awaited return of Mangum Talks Hoops this is actually a crossover with Mangum Watches as well, so you can check it out on either feed. We are we have a special pod today. We are doing a review of Space Jam 2. That's right. We've pulled some folks together to review Space Jam 2 and all its glory. I have with me on the line my buddy, my pal, best man at my wedding, Levi Baxter. Levi, how are you? What's going on? And... Making his triumphant return to the Mangum Talks Podcast Network, the pound for pound most listened to podcaster in our history, Brady. Brady, welcome back. How are you? Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. Once again, talking about Michael Jordan. I like it. Yeah, I'm excited to have Brady back on. If you've uh, never heard Brady on our pod before, I think his debut and one and only pod on the Mango Talks podcast network was a review of the first two episodes of The Last Dance, which was a lot of fun. Very listened to pod. A lot of people check that out. I think that's on the Mangum Talks Hoops podcast uh, channel and then also Whiskey on the Weekend. So you can check that out on either podcast feed. But the issue today is Space Jam 2. I'm excited to review the movie with you guys. Um, I'm not going to bury the lead. Not my favorite movie of all time. Um, I think it had some issues, uh, but I think uh, I want to kind of uh, schedule this as we go around and just give our initial thoughts. And then maybe I'll do a quick run through of the plot and then we can do some takes as we go. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. All right, sweet. All right, well, I'll start with you, Baxter. Initial thoughts uh, of the movie after you watched it. What was your initial take? I think I've become a communist now. Like, I just don't like capitalism anymore. Okay. <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> I mean, just honest. Like, it was such a corporate movie. It was such a, a let's show all of these things that are that are within inside of our catalog. Um, I don't know, man. It just rubbed me the wrong way, which, I mean, the original Space Jam is pretty campy, right? Um, so I'm not going to criticize Space Jam, a new legacy for being being campy and sort of silly. That's, that's fine. Um, it, I don't know. It just seemed a little heavy-handed, um, the way that they shouted out basically everything uh that uh was in the broader warner brothers uh media sphere of influence right but that's my 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 initial thoughts um it was it was far too long um i think brady you had had a similar thought there that it was it was just a little bit too long it it could be a little tighter yeah, I thought, I mean, movies nowadays, most of them to me in my mind are at least 15 minutes too long, whether it's two hours or an hour and a half. You, it, there's not a lot of room to tighten it up. And, you know, I mean, there certainly is a lot of product placement. But I mean, if you watch the original Space Jam, that movie sets the bar for product placement. It, it's amazing. They really, yeah, they do a good first job. Space Jam is just perfectly products placed in every scene, every shot. It's it's great for that. This a new legacy, uh, you know, I don't know how much of a legacy it'll have. It's kind of a hot mess. I'm looking forward to hearing uh, an actual plot uh, recap of it because that's, that's that's not going to be easy to do. There was a lot of messy things in this. You know, my big takeaway is I was expecting a Looney Tune movie, and I think more of what we got is a Warner's Brothers movie, which is not the same thing. Like, I wish it was a little more... Bugs Bunny, Looney Tunes focused. I mean, they had the cast of characters, but they didn't really seem to highlight the Looney Tunes so much as, uh, well, Don Cheadle, really. Don Cheadle really stole the show. 
and he was good in it. So, but he, over, overall, I'd say it was a, it was a hot mess. Not quite scorching hot, but it was a hot mess. Yeah, I agree. I think it was. I agree with both things that you guys said. Uh, that it's uh, the hip the the product placement was dip. Definitely heavy-handed, not a little heavy-handed. I've got some of the references here. I created a list, so I'm going to start ticking through them. Um, there's Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, uh, LeBron's injury that he had in 2019, Friday Night Lights. There was a clear as full hearts can't lose situation after Michael B. Jordan came in. King Kong ain't got nothing on me, a little training day action. Uh, the original Space Jam, obviously, and then Vince Carter's Cut the Neck, It's Over. Those are just the ones that I, uh, I found and, and wrote down, but there was probably a whole lot more. Tons of references, tons of incorporation of other media. And I'm with Brady. There was not enough Looney Tunes in this. Not like This is supposed to be a kid's movie, not some sort of like tale about how great a dad LeBron is. I feel like it was an hour and a half of a Warner Brothers commercial mixed with, hey, LeBron is just like us. He's just a guy trying to be a good dad too. Isn't he super relatable, everyone? Let's buy his shoes. Like that's exactly how it came off to me. As far as the plot, I think that's going to be pretty quick. But uh, Levi, any take on what I just said? No, and I mean, I think, look, that that was the crux of the problem, right? I, I, I didn't think of it in terms of not having enough uh, Looney Tunes, but certainly the references they had there, you called out some of them, which are all, you know, that's, that's all fair enough. That's in the pop culture. But I mean, they even threw out like more obscure ones, right? Like Matrix, Mad Max. Um, like the, these aren't kids references, right? Yeah. These are adult references. Um, and so it was more about Warner Brothers than it is about the sort of Looney Tunes universe, which I get it. You got to got to call out and co-sell. I mean, heck, Terry, you're you're absolutely fantastic at it, right? Plug every pot in, pot in your hemisphere um, whenever possible. I mean, that, that makes sense. But it's just it, it was more of like a a teenager movie, maybe. Um, even then, I don't know if it really hit the mark there, um, as opposed to a kid's movie. Um, like I, Again, like Mad Max is a very adult movie. Uh, Austin Powers was a thing in the, the late 90s, right? I mean, we're, we're talking 20 years at this point. Um, Matrix is the same thing. Um, sort of oddly toned in terms of all of his references. Yeah, I, kind of the, go ahead, Brady. That's kind of the thing, though. Like, the Looney Tunes were kind of a, a 90s thing. There haven't been many Looney Tunes movies yeah. in the last 20 years. I think the last one was, what, 2003 years? I mean, it's been a long time since they brought the Looney Tunes back in any way, shape, or form. And, and maybe that's why it was hard to have a Looney Tunes-focused movies because there hasn't been a whole lot of that in recent times. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw. They did a Muppets movie not long ago with Jason Segel, and the whole crux of it was that Jason Segel was going to the studio where they make the Muppet stuff, and it's like de it's decrepit, and the Muppets are like all like drunk and living in like Motel Sixes or whatever. And he pulls them together for like a big hurrah, right? I felt like there was a similar tone with the Looney Tunes, right? Because as soon as LeBron gets into the the Warner Brothers servers and he gets to the Looney Tunes land, it's like dead, right? There's Bugs Buddy and he's just like drinking and like everybody's gone. So I think they kind of threw a nod to that. I just felt like it would have been better served with a little less adult references. I know what they were trying to do. They're trying to do like the original Shrek model, which was here is a very interesting visually kids movie that has a ton of adult references so adults can enjoy it too. I thought there was just too much of it and not enough of like the actual kids stuff. Because if I was seven, if I wasn't like, if I didn't, if I wasn't just captivated by LeBron on the screen, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't like this movie because I don't think it does a lot for kids or at least not as much as I expected. Um, 
Okay, so do you want? I could start a review of the plot if you guys want. Uh, yeah, I, w- I want to pl- hear the plot summary. <laughs> but please jump in. I'm I'm very interested in takes. I mean, I think that's what's going to drive this podcast is just uh what we think of the movie. And I, it's okay if we just trash it the whole time. Totally okay with that. I don't think it was very good. Matter of fact, uh, before I get the plot, it hasn't made its money back now. COVID, whatever. I understand that, but they spent a hundred and fifty million dollars to make this movie. That to me seems absurd (laughs) that is a lot of money that is like getting close to marvel like movie money there was a gargantuan amount of cgi like i get this is gonna be a cgi heavy movie right we've got you know uh live action plus plus animated characters but like the and this is sort of fast forwarding to the plot element right but um when they when uh don Cheadle's character um algae rhythm algae rhythm um when he takes away the sort of cell illustrated animation and goes to the more realistic animation, surely that costs money, right? Like it's more expensive to do more realistic animation, which I thought added no value. Right. And sort of the old sort of cell cell driven animation is, is perfectly fine. Um, I don't think anyone really cares that they, they can see the whiskers on, on Bugs Bunny or whomever. Um, It's, it's, it, 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 it seemed like a just, chasing money um like it or or throwing money away rather um it didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me well you know i I don't think two-dimensional animation is really of a different age so i I think it was i like the reference where they kind of updated them and and brought back some new three-dimensionals because that's what all the animated films are now anyways they're the three-dimensional animation so i I like seeing them revisioned as 3d characters but I mean, if it hadn't have happened, would it have made the movie that much worse or that much better? No, probably yeah. not. Um, I thought it was kind of weird that LeBron was a cartoon for a long time. Uh, <laughs> for a while, I was watching it very worried that he wasn't going to turn back into a, a real person and we were going to have cartoon LeBron the whole time. Yeah, that was, which is that not was what weird. I want. I want to see cartoons interacting with real people. That's what I like about Space Jam. That's what I yes. like about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I want to see Looney Tunes interacting with real folks. And that's what's fun. That's what made the original spaceship is that like you had a cartoon world, this absurd situation and Michael Jordan was in it the entire time. Yeah. It was weird to have LeBron be, it was probably like 30 minutes of the movie that he was a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was just because that's how they dreamed it up and that's what they wanted to do. Or if it was, Hey, we've got LeBron for two weeks of filming. That's it. You know, how are we going to work it in? And we, he can do some voice stuff, you know, on the side, but we, can, we only can actually film him for a certain amount of time. I don't know. Uh, he certainly did have a long time that you would think he could have because they were doing this in 2019. He certainly wasn't playing basketball at the time. So you would think he had a long time to film it. Uh, all right, let's get into the plot of this uh, train wreck. So we start with Le- at LeBron's house and we see two of his kids. Now, I think in some of the conversations it's referenced that he has three but we're, we're dealing with the oldest one and the younger one. And I think the older one is supposed to be Bronny. And I think LeBron thinks Bronny is an idiot because the old one is just portrayed as just dumb the entire, like really interested in basketball, really good at basketball, but stupid. So maybe that's what he thinks of Bronny. I don't know. The younger one clearly likes video games, not super interested in basketball and has created his own video game. Aha. Uh-huh. On a Game Boy looking type thing. And it's a basketball game, but there's a like a flair to it. You get a lot of like points or whatever for certain actions. And 
early on, we figure out that there's a particular move that you can do. I think it's LeBron's step back, which again, trying to trademark something that doesn't need to be trademarked, LeBron's step back. And if you do that, the character gets deleted. Okay, that's that's what we know. He's trying to, LeBron's trying to get his kid to go to basketball camp. Kid's not super interested in it. In the meantime, LeBron gets a message that, uh, through his agent to go to, or some handler, to Warner Brothers for a pitch on something Warner Brothers wants to do. Now, parallel to that, there's this character, this guy who lives in the server world for Warner Brothers called Algy Rhythm, who is Don Cheadle, who has devised this plan mostly around artificial intelligence to have LeBron, you know, be a part of Warner Media, make movies. I wasn't real clear on his ultimate goal with LeBron in that pitch meeting. No, I would say it was a little unclear. Obviously, he wanted to somehow piggyback on LeBron, make a bunch of movies to somehow catapult him into becoming a real boy. I don't know. Was it a <laughs> Pinocchio type thing? I, can't, I couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so LeBron takes his kid to Warner Brothers because, you know, the kid's interested in like video games and stuff. And I guess this is media, so it's close enough. And when he gets there, LeBron says no to this plan, doesn't want to be involved with it. He's he's too into basketball, guys. LeBron, LeBron James is not interested in a side venture, if you can fucking believe it. He's too interested in basketball. <laughs> so, yeah. Which is it? pretty ironic, given that we're watching fucking Space Jam when the message is being delivered. Yeah, I think he, he even said in it, like, he was like, you know, athletes making movies, that never works. Which I, I thought was funny and kind of a meta joke, but I mean... It, it's worked a lot. There have been a lot a of athletes lot. that have yeah. made movies that are really good. I mean, shout out Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's a, one of the first basketball players that comes to mind for sure. I mean, Airplane is a hilarious movie. It's just funny that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the co-pilot of that movie. Then you got Ray Allen, of course, and he got game, more serious ones. Mm-hmm. Now, now I will say Shaq, Shaq uh, Shaquille O'Neal, he's had a, a mixed Ooh, uh, bag duh. when it comes to movies. Not but but I mean, Blue Chips is a good movie. Him and Penny Hardaway. Are both Blue Chips bad. was good. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, that's a Blue great movie. We can. I I never saw Kazam. I never had a reason to see Kazam. I probably will never watch Kazam. I hear it's pretty bad. It's, it's a pass. You can you can yeah. just move right on. <laughs> uh, but Blue Chips is interesting because it's the last film that I remember where Nick Nolte was a real actor and was it a caricature of himself? Like Nick Nick Nolte was like actually doing real acting as opposed to just be like like crazy nick nolte but yeah that was good there's a lot of them um but it was yeah anyway so they make this joke lebron says no i'm done i'm not gonna do this this ai creature algae rhythm don Cheadle, very insulted by this decides to get lebron and his kid into the server verse trap them there and says that basically you can play this basketball game with me in my squad, you pick a squad here in the server verse of Warner Brothers. Whoever wins, you know, the the I think the, the ultimate, I guess, prize on either side is if Algie Rhythm wins, then I guess LeBron has to stay and do all this stuff that he wants him to do. And if LeBron wins, then he gets to leave with this kid. He gets to get his kid back. And that is the setup for the game. Did I miss anything? Uh, nothing in terms of the plot. I, I, I thought it was really the first like 10 minutes or so were, were extremely odd, right? This is Genesis of, of LeBron getting being introduced to a game boy. Um, 
being temporarily distracted and his coach getting on him and saying, you got to focus, you got to focus. Um, and then LeBron um, playing unlike himself, like LeBron in isolation wasn't a thing. That's that's even in high school, like the high school clips that I know we all watched over the years, that's, that's not LeBron's game. So we, so we have this character who's, who's playing LeBron, who doesn't really interact like LeBron, uh, then getting onto his kid and forcing one of his kids to play basketball, which doesn't seem really in character. It seemed, seemed really, really weird to me. Um, I think there's almost zero percent chance that LeBron wants to force his kid to, to play basketball. If there's no interest, right. That's, it, he seems very, uh, he seems sophisticated enough that, that he would, he would think, you know, if the kid's interested, absolutely. If you're interested in something else, fair enough. Like I, I'm really good at this. It seems like a crappy job to follow me up. Uh, we saw how, saw what happened to Michael Jordan's kid, right. Um, that do what you love. Um, a lot so, of talent there. Not a lot of talent. Yeah, I yeah, I, but there and then there was this whole thing, and this is what really disgusted me about the movie in the first half is this whole storyline of like LeBron learning to be a good dad and like really wanting to be a great dad and like him being framed as this family man, and his message to his kids about how hard he had to work, you know, to get where he was, and it was hard for him to get out of the mindset that everybody should be working that way, you know, and everybody should approach basketball the way that he did because of all the success that he had. I just was like, it was just enough with the LeBron's a good family man. And part of that is because we get it everywhere else from LeBron too. Right. I'm constantly seeing videos on IG. I'm constantly seeing videos on ESPN of him, like being a like kind of inappropriate basketball dad with his kids, like on the sideline, yelling at refs or talking, you know, post winning something about his, we just get a lot of LeBron as a family man. I'm kind of good with that. I was hoping it would be a little bit more of Looney Tunes base, but we have this like talented basketball player and here's the game. But instead it was a lot of LeBron based telling the story of LeBron. And Oh, by the way, he ends up in the server verse and he like has to pick some players. So, you know, he goes to Looney Tunes. Did you mention that his, it was his son that developed the video game basketball game that they actually play yeah. later yeah i mean that that's obviously an important part of the plot i think you know that the, the kid actually made the game that ultimately they're playing and I, I i for one i like the video game aspect i think that that made a lot of sense to go with a, a video game kind of a tron type story I too i liked it but i'll I tell you what made it... a lot of sense to, in this day and age to do that of course yeah. when the original space jam came out what we're, I think we're on Super Nintendo then. I don't think yeah, 64 had even come Mario out yet. Too, so, yeah. that, so that wasn't really going to be an avenue, I don't think, for the original Space Jam. And, and, you know, the plots were similar for the original Space Jam and A New Legacy, but I, I think they were different enough. You, you know, I, I wonder if they would have been better off just doing a sequel and just have the Monstars come back. Danny DeVito still yeah. there. Hell run, yeah. Just do, do it all back. Just run yes. it back again. Like Danny DeVito's coming back because what's his name? Scram Hammer or whatever his name give was. Me, give me the Force Awakens. Just retell the story mm-hmm. in a different way. <laughs> like that's all I want. Right. Uh, I, think that, yeah. I think they could have done it that way. And they probably could have worked, worked in video games too if they wanted to. I'll tell you what I, I, so I like that. I agree. But what I didn't like was the scoring because there was no frame of reference for how things were scored at all which I guess was part of the plot and part of the, you know, the confusion for LeBron, but like it was, it made the game almost have no significance to me because like Mm -hmm. if a player scored, I had no idea what it cut, what, you know, what the points were. It seemed like LeBron's team was, couldn't win. 
Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden they're getting massive points and the other team's getting points subtracted. The, what I'm trying to say is the scoring was a complete fucking disaster. I didn't like the scoring at all. Yeah, I'm not sure it's a very, very good video game. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to be down. <laughs> Sorry, LeBron's kid. You didn't do half. a good job. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a one-on-one video game in, in the beginning of the movie. And then it, all of a sudden it became a five-on-five game. I'm not really sure how that works. I thought Because it looked like it was almost like a Street Fighter one-on-one basketball game somehow, which could be cool. That could, it could be a fun basketball game to do a one-on-one. Although, I mean, if you played any basketball video games, you know, the one-on-one modes are always the least fun of any. They're type not of fun game. at all, no. Yeah. But you need, at least do an NBA jam. Get somebody to pass the ball to. A little three-on-three three or two-on-two. <laughs> two. Yeah, they, of course, they referenced NBA jam with the he's on fire thing. Mm-hmm. It had that arcade feel. But I, I just had no, no sense of the scoring, so there was no stakes for me as they were, as they were playing. But anyway, they get together. Uh, well, it, what part? One thing that was interesting, which I kind of referenced a little bit in a jag about the Looney Tunes, is that LeBron does go to like Looney Tunes land because there's like these different lands, right? We see the Harry Potter one to Levi's point. They're really jamming that through our down our necks that Warner Brothers has the Harry Potter franchise. He goes to the Looney Tunes little world and he's there in this like old busted bar and he's with Bugs and Bugs is basically saying, yeah. All the Looney Tunes left. They didn't want to even be here anymore. They wanted to go to greener pastures and do something cooler than be here in this like 2D animation telling the same story about how, you know, Roadrunner makes a hole through a mountain to get away from Wile Coyote or whatever, right? They don't want to tell the same stories anymore. They moved on. So Bugs is really depressed about this. But this is the opportunity for Bugs to get all the Looney Tunes back in Looney Tunes land and for them to win the game, blah, 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 blah. So I'm, I'm about where they start the game. Anything to, to miss anything up until where the game starts? No. Do we have any idea why Granny and Speedy Gonzalez were in the Matrix? That, that <laughs> seemed like a weird pair and just a, a completely random thing that they just threw out there. And like that, that was one of the, my biggest eye rolls is, I mean, it was kind of funny to see Granny do the whole, uh, what was it? The Trinity kit to an agent from the Matrix, but like, why were they there? Like, if you if you could pick anywhere, you'd pick to go in the Matrix. The whole point of the Matrix was to get out of the Matrix. I don't well, know, Brady. You're, forget, you're forgetting the fact that there is a fourth Matrix that is being uh, filmed and expected to be released later this year. So um, that's why they threw that in. I, that I, that would be that would be the reason. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I am forgetting that. <laughs> and they filmed it before everyone decided they don't like Game of Thrones anymore. So mm-hmm. that was the, the Game of Thrones was still relevant. The zeitgeist when that thing was still going on, uh, they made, they filmed that today. There'd be no Game of Thrones references. <laughs> I promise you that. <laughs> no, probably not. But yeah, also, it, it was also weird that LeBron, the first time he smirked during the proposal that Algie and Sarah Silverman were giving. Oh yeah, Sarah Silverman's in it too. We, we, yeah, we reference that. Yeah, which is something I want to talk about in a second. <laughs> 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 um, because I really think they missed the opportunity with that one. Too too. But, but uh, you know, like the one time, the first time LeBron like makes a bad face, like he doesn't like what it's going on. It's it's with Harry Potter, and they're like, "Here's LeBron and Harry Potter," and LeBron just makes like, it, like he smelled a fart. He's something has happened, and yeah, he yeah, yeah. he does not like it. So it, I, it got me thinking initially, like LeBron doesn't like Harry Potter. But then later on in the movie, when he sees Harry Potter world, he loves it. 
So I, I don't know. There's a little inconsistency there. I just don't. I just don't know what LeBron James' position is on Harry Potter. There's, that was not clear. I I imagine it's a follow the money type of position. There's no real, no, nothing, like a lot of things with LeBron, there's no real spine to it. It's like, yeah, well, you know, is it, am I going to be in a new Harry Potter movie? Yeah, love it. Big fan. Absolutely. Let's do it. 100 mil. He, he will read but the first five pages of those books. He thought it was terrible. <laughs> he'll, take, he'll take six years to read Harry Potter 1, like <laughs> The Godfather. <laughs> All right, go on your Sarah Silverman jag, Brady. Well, so one of one of the best parts of Space Jam is Bill Murray. He's not there for really any reason except to be funny and be Bill Murray, make some jokes. And then all of a sudden he's really good at basketball. And Michael Jordan says, hey, man, you really got what it takes. You can play in the NBA. And then uh, Bill Murray pretends his back's hurt. He's like, oh, no, I'm done. I think I'm going to retire right now. But, they, but he helped them score to get closer and they won the game. There wasn't any... Com- comedian cameo in a new legacy like sarah silverman was there but she wasn't particularly funny she was just your typical you know movie studio person that's whatever just trying to agree with whatever lebron james says and be like oh yeah it's a great this is a great idea we love it and then he hates it and he's like oh yeah i hate it too and but it wasn't it wasn't particularly funny like and i don't know that sarah silverman necessarily needed a larger role in the movie but i think you could have had a comedian come in at the end and i don't know who the right comedian would be i mean obviously there was a kevin hart reference he would it would be kevin hart's the guy yeah he probably couldn't get a 150 yeah, million dollar budget you know, not a, not enough to pay kevin hart but even something like uh, you know bring in a will ferrell or, or just bring in somebody jack black i don't care who you bring in but you you probably need to bring in a, in a comedian because it's supposed to be a comedy movie, and they, you could have had a little more comedy in the whole thing. If you want to be a yeah. little heady, bring in uh, Adam Sandler, right? Um, Adam Sandler lo- loves basketball; uh, it could be be perfectly fine. I'm with you now. I will say that like LeBron is more naturally funny than Michael Jordan, right? Like he's he he's a funnier guy. Yes, um, and, I, will, and, I will give him that. Yes, and, and so you don't need to have that 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 comedian beside him, sort of keep keeping it light. Uh, because Michael Jordan doesn't seem like the type of guy who's going to no. be just crack, cracking jokes in, in in the sort of warm way that, that you really want. Uh, but I, I'm with you. This, uh, some some comedian would, would would help break up the moments and like give a little bit of levity there beyond you know either animating stuff, which means you're spending a crap ton of money on it, um, or having LeBron do it, which is he he can do it okay, but he's not a professional. He's, and, yeah. And, and I thought overall, I thought LeBron did a really good job. I mean, LeBron, LeBron's not bad in movies. Like, I liked him in Trainwreck with Bill Hader and uh, Amy Schumer. Like, he was, he was very funny in that movie as the professional athlete that was way too involved in his doctor's love life and was extremely cheap and wouldn't pick up the check. And, like, he was really funny in that movie. And I thought he did, he did a fine job in this movie. Like, the, the problems with the movie were not lebron james like lebron lebron did fine and you know of course michael jordan did fine in space jam i mean they're not gonna mess those guys up in those movies they usually can probably can get enough takes i mean there are definitely there are definitely parts in both space jams where you can tell that lebron james and michael jordan are not uh professionally trained actors you know but i don't think we need to expect them to be that either yeah, you make a good point about Michael Jordan is not funny. The funniest thing he's ever said is, I took that personally, which is like, 
that that's the thing that he has said that's made more people laugh. And basically what he's saying is like, I got really mad at somebody and I wanted to kill them. And that was the funniest thing he's ever said. The Ron is a more funny like actor. I will say that the point about comedians, uh, this is where I'm going to do that capitalistic plug that Levi doesn't like. We've, we've addressed this on another pod called Mangum laughs um, where we talked about certain comedians have really shifted over time. And Adam Sandler is a really good example of this, right? He used to be like in the zeitgeist, like super relevant, funny. And now I guess he's kind of funny in these kids' movies, but he really is a more serious guy than what he used to be. Sarah Silverman has done that same journey, right? She's not in, she hasn't been funny in like 10 years, like Sarah Silverman. Like I've not, she has not been, she, she's in stuff that's serious or she plays a straight guy in the movies like she did in this one. Uh, but I agree that there was a space for another comedian that would have been really good. I also thought that Don Cheadle was a little funny. He had some moments that were pretty good. Uh, he he definitely did this sort of like um, like the Michael Caine in in Muppet Christmas Carol thing of like I don't know if this movie is going to be any good or not it's probably going to suck but I'm in it so I'm going to do my best like I'm I'm still going to like throw at least eighty five on the stun gun like I'm not I'm not going to come out here and completely shit the bed yeah Don Cheadle was really good he was almost too good like you, at at times you could tell like wow Don Cheadle's a really good actor and he's way, he's overacting around a lot of these people just cuz they're not they're not able to keep up with him which is which i think works a little bit because you know he's the unhinged supercomputer which, which i i don't know much about acting it doesn't necessarily seem like an easy role to play i mean you got to fire up your emotions and change <laughs> really quickly and Don Cheadle can do that i mean Don Cheadle's you know one of the top actors in the world and it, it, and I think because of that, he probably stole the show a little bit. And and like like I I still think it was kind of a Don Cheadle movie as much as it was a LeBron movie. I mean, because I bet he I, I looked at like the stats of who had the most screen time, but I'm sure he had the most words. Yeah. Cheadle. No, he probably Cheadle probably had the most words. I would think. No, I would think he definitely had the most words. I don't think LeBron said more than two sentences back to back, but. That's yeah. kind of what you expect with, with somebody who's not you – know, LeBron wasn't going to deliver the monologue in that movie. It was going to be cheating. You made the point that LeBron did a pretty good job. Uh, I'm not a LeBron fan, if it's uh, not obvious at this point in the podcast. But I think he did a pretty good job too. Levo, how would you grade what LeBron – how LeBron did in the movie? It was pretty damn good. Uh, I mean, for we're great on the curve of, of professional athlete, right? What yeah, say, it's like athlete saying, funny, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I thought he destroyed Michael Jordan. Um, I thought he is, he's just a more charismatic on a screen person than, than Michael Jordan was. Yeah. Yeah. Brady. Yeah. What? Well, here's what I'll say. Uh, here's what I'll say in defense of, cause I think I agree with Levi. I think that Michael Jordan had an aura aura about him and still does. So that when he was simply on screen, it was enough to captivate you. LeBron does not have that for whatever reason. So, he needed to act more and he needed to be funnier and he, he engaged more and he did way more acting than LeBron than Jordan ever did in space. Jam. I mean, Jordan maybe did more basketball playing. Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of like more ba actual basketball being played in space Jam one, but I think Levi's right. That, that if you're just talking about pure acting, I don't think Jordan's your guy. I think what you do with Jordan is you just put him on screen and let everybody kind of blow back in their seat and go, Holy shit. That's Michael Jordan. Well, you, there are two different roles and in the original space jam you know michael jordan was a static character he was michael jordan throughout the whole movie 
he was Michael Jordan. I am the greatest basketball player in the world. I just want to go out and compete. I want to compete honestly. So then he went to go play baseball. And everybody was just giving him special treatment because he was Michael Jordan. What he really wanted was just a good contest. So the Looney Tunes and the Monstars, they gave him that contest. And, uh, and he demonstrated how, you know, he is the greatest basketball player in the universe. And even that he is some, I also like, like the gambling in Space Jam. Like Michael Jordan gambled on himself. First he had to fight. <laughs> First he had to win the game to save the Looney Tunes. Then like, what, what was it, halfway through the game, he said, all right, Danny DeVito. You can't have the Looney Tunes, but you can have me if you win the game. But if I win the game, I'm, you have to give the talent back to the NBA players, which which is another thing we have to talk about soon, I hope, is how they use the other NBA stars and other basketball stars. Whereas, so Jordan, once again, was that static character throughout the whole movie, just the hero. LeBron actually developed as a person. Like there was that whole, oh, he's a father. He's a little overbearing. Oh, he's learning how to embrace his son's interest. And, you know, that that was a nice character arc. I, but I don't need a character arc from my basketball heroes. I want them to dominate and kick ass in basketball. So, I, and ultimately LeBron did that, which I appreciated. And that, but you know, some of the growth I just, I didn't need from LeBron. Although I, he did a good job doing it. I, that That wasn't his fault. That's a writing issue, I think. Well, I said in the um, the chat with you guys that I enjoyed the fact, Brady, you kind of pushed back on this. I enjoyed the fact that they allowed Dame to have a brand, Dame Lillard. Like when Dame Lillard came on the screen, they gave him like 15 seconds of the Dame time thing and they had a clock and they did the whole joke and bang, you got, you got Damian Lillard. Like Diana Taurasi, it was very unclear that she was even in the movie. There was a spider woman who was playing basketball. It was Diana Taurasi, but she never... I don't think most people would have know if they didn't like know outside of the movie that Diana Trussi was in it at all. So it was kind of interesting how they did it with the players. I enjoyed, I think I liked how they did it with the original ones better because they gave mm-hmm. the Monstars the chance to talk more. So like I, I specifically remember Barkley had a lot of like dialogue and he has a very distinctive voice. So you could tell it was Barkley. They didn't really give the, the folks who were playing against LeBron, a lot of lines. And when they gave them lines, their voice was like weird and distorted. So I never really knew who was but like, like I know AD was on it. I know Dame was, and I know Clay was, but that was about it. And Diana Taurasi, but that's about as far as I went. And, and, and a lot of that was just because of how they looked on the screen, not necessarily how they sounded. Mm-hmm. And, and I appreciate that they actually put WB players in there. I mean, Diana Taurasi is, yeah, one of my favorite basketball players. She's just really fun to watch. Yeah, watch, she's elite like, for sure. If you watch some of her highlights, like she's she's just fun. You know, but one thing with the original Space Jam was like one of the best parts of that movie was Barkley, Muggsy Bogues, Sean Bradley, Patrick Ewing going through like therapy to figure out why they lost their talents. And they're trying to figure out why they lost their talents. And that's the funniest part of that whole movie. And and I it, I, I just wish there would have been more opportunity for the other NBA players, the other basketball players to actually showcase some of their personality. There wasn't a lot of personality for Dave Lillard. There wasn't a lot of personality for Anthony Davis, Diana Taurasi, and 
excuse me, I don't even remember who the other WNBA player was. Uh, but they, you know, they didn't really get to showcase any type of humor or, or really any of their personality, which I thought was a big missed opportunity. They really missed with Clay. There was a, Clay is a really funny guy. And he has a persona about him for being this sort of like weirdly laid back guy who like in intense moments might just be asleep. Like he, they could, they could have written some jokes for clay. I think, I think the WNBA obviously wanted to bring the WNBA into it, which is great. This is kind of an aside. The WNBA has a problem too, because you've got these super charismatic, like Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird. But the real star of the league right now is Brianna Stewart. And she is cardboard. I mean, if they put her in this thing, it would have been it flat nothing. She has no charisma at all. So they, they're kind of having a problem there where they're putting Diana Taurasi in this stuff. And she's get, she's like 40 and scoring eight points a game. And the real stars of the WNBA are, <laughs> right. don't want them in movies. No, that, yeah, I mean, that is a problem. But, you know, not everybody has to be in the movies. You know, like, there's a reason they put Muggsy Bogues and Sean Bradley in Space Jam. <laughs> it's because they're the, the shortest player and the tallest player. And it's just funny. I mean, Muggsy, Muggsy Bogues was always, in my opinion, a sideshow. Like, he, you know, I'm a, I like the Charlotte Hornets. I always have. Uh, you know, Muggsy Bogues, those teams could have been better, I think, without Muggsy Bogues. I mean, he's 5'3". It was always kind of like, hey, let's look at that guy. Look, he's playing basketball and he's only 5'3". Levi, how do you how do you feel about the Muggsy Bogues slander that's going on right now? I mean, look, Brady's not wrong. Like <laughs> Muggsy Bogues was a perfectly perfectly fine player. I mean, he was he was he was extremely good, especially grading on a curve, given that he was so short. But I mean, it was always a, someone at the sideshow situation, right? I mean, Terry, would you march into battle like your favorite team? Would you love to be putting out a, a point guard who's under six feet? Um, you wouldn't be excited about that. Uh, he'd say, well, I could, I could use a few more inches. Um, anyway, um, I think they ultimately pit, I, I agree with everything you guys have said, right? I mean, the, 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 the competitor, the team that LeBron was playing against had, had no character. Um, there was no internal drive. There was no personality, but I mean, it's an artifact of what they did, right? They, they have a computer simulation of everything. There's no personality to imbue. There's no internal agency. There's no desire there. They're just like machines that, that do their things, um, which ultimately I agree is a far less interesting situation. Um, we want to have the other team at least have some, 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 some desire other than just competing at the behest of their, their, their boss man. I thought it would have been good if the Monstars had a coach that was not algae rhythm that was Barkley because mm. you also had um, Ernie, Ernie Johnson, who, by the way, can I give a shout out to my man, Ernie, Ernie took it seriously and did a bang up job. Uh, I don't like this movie, but Ernie Johnson gets an upvote for me. I thought he did it. He did perfectly fine. And he seemed excited to be there. He, he was like one of the few actors that seemed actually into the job. <laughs> and I'm sure it was because, you know, his grandkids were going to watch it. He was just hyped about it. And Ernie's a fucking professional. He's a plus uh, top shelf guy. But it would have been great to have Barkley as a sort of coach or in there at all, because, you know, he's such a big character in the zeitgeist and he was in the last one. And obviously they had the joke about Michael Jordan question for you guys. Could they not get Michael Jordan? Cause that would have been better. Right. If Jordan had walked to the locker room. 
you know LeBron James wasn't going to let Michael Jordan in that movie. This is <laughs> this is about LeBron James's legacy. It's called a new legacy. You're not going to he's not going to let Michael Jordan get in that movie. So you think LeBron stopped it? The Jordan might have been willing, but LeBron said no. I I don't know that Jordan would have been willing either, but I I think LeBron didn't. <laughs> those two guys are competitive, and they they're on their own trajectories, and they don't want to. That those paths just aren't going to cross. I thought it would have been cool to have oh, it uh, been a, cool. a LeBron, a, a Michael Jordan uh, cameo. I thought it, I thought it would spice the movie up, and I don't think it would have necessarily taken away from Broad. But I, I don't know. But I mean, they let his so, they let his specter like loom over it so large that they had a big reveal joke about Michael B. Jordan. It's not like they hid the fact that Jordan was everywhere. That his presence was everywhere in this thing. Um, I don't know. I thought it would have been cool. I do like my man Michael B. Jordan, though. Um, what a what a what a gamer to even take that role, and then to do the Friday Night Lights thing, which you know he's done so many more things than the two seasons of Friday Night Lights. But the fact he's willing to do the Friday Night Lights joke gets a vote for me because I love that. I love that uh, that show. So also in the Warner Brothers category. <laughs> In their catalog, Levi, if you didn't know, it just um, happened happened to be there. I, I, I don't know how I don't know how that works, right? I mean, he was he happened to be getting some popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, I, I look. It it would have been cool, but it under no circumstance would any side agree to that, right? In no circumstance would Michael Jordan want to be trotted out there for 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 the the the, the anointment of 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 LeBron James, or, nor would LeBron James want to ask. Um, so I thought they sort of split the difference there. And I mean, it's look, it's it's very funny that uh, Wallace, uh, his name is 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 Michael B. Jordan, right? Um, the, I love that you go back to the wire. I go to Friday Night Lights. You go to the wire for it. I go to I go to the wire. Um, and it, it it always was funny to me to sort of just his, his name is Michael Jordan. It really is like you got to call him Michael B. Jordan to d- distinguish it. But that's it's interesting. So I don't know. I thought it, thought it was nice. Add some levity. Um, I'm trying to think. Are there any other characters that they could have brought back from the first Space Jam? So we're proposing Charles Barkley as a coach. And I, th- I think would have killed it. Um, Michael Jordan's probably not going to happen. There's there's one very obvious one, which is uh, the Seinfeld guy, the Jurassic Park guy. Oh, oh yeah, Newman. Newman. <laughs> Why not bring back Newman? So you can't bring back Newman because that guy has lost about a hundred pounds and is unrecognizable. Uh, well, yeah, that can't so that. good for him. We're very happy for him here at the Megan Talks Podcast Network. But he he you can't he's on like even even if they brought Seinfeld back, if they had the like Newman moment, people would be like, Who the hell is that guy? Okay, that's yeah, that would make it a that problematic. He, I mean Bill Murray, bring back Bill Murray. He yes, a, and he he's available. Bill Murray yeah. is available. If oh, you have yeah. like a wedding or a bar mitzvah or something, Bill Murray's doing those things now. He is very mm-hmm. available. He would have been a good one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I think that it would have been. I was expect to be honest with you guys. I was expecting a sequel. I thought that's what this was, mm-hmm. and it it was not remotely a sequel. And there were there weren't enough nods to the original for me. And I thought the game itself lacked a lot of drama because i didn't understand the scoring because it was a little disjointed all i know is that lebron's squad had a very good third quarter i'm aware of that <laughs> the strong third and somehow the final score like the final play there was some subtraction and addition going on i'm not quite sure but anyway lebron's team won 
with his, his kid. His, uh, his, his son kid. joined his team. Yeah, his, his kid, all-time team. flip-flopper, LeBron's son. <laughs> I mean, can we talk about that? I mean, my God, no spine on that kid. He's just switching jerseys mid-game. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron's apparently okay with that. I mean, he I, I, he does switch teams often, so I guess it's not a problem for LeBron. But man, that was a, no character there for for LeBron's son. Now, you've done the plot, Terry, and you did a pretty good job with that. But I guess my one question is, what was Algie's end game necessarily? Like what? Like he was bringing everybody in there, and he was going to keep everybody. But, like, Danny DeVito is going to bring the Looney Tunes back and have them entertain the kids at a circus or bring Michael Jordan back and have them entertain things at the circus. What, what is Algie's trying – what's he trying to do here? <laughs> so I'll feel this one. And I think this is where Levi – we could have had the podcast be 45 seconds because Levi nailed it right at the beginning. I honestly think Algie's whole, th- whole goal was to make Warner Brothers money and to have, like – more movies including lebron and like to be able to like do his ai thing and like create content like i I thought he was genuinely a product of warner brothers that's how i took it i may be off but that's what i thought his end game was it certainly wasn't like the destruction of the planet or something crazy like that there was no stakes like that no i think the answer is everyone's in the server verse who's going to pay to watch the movies this is why the motivation like is terrible, right? I mean, it, yes, Terry, that's that's probably the the answer, right? The, the sort of in canon answer. But Brady, you're absolutely spot on. This makes no sense. Why is he going to keep all these people here? That's that's what goal does that accomplish other than to have more characters? But you can create characters because you're the algorithm. I don't I don't understand any of this. Um, it was. And I'd it was like ridiculous. to I'd like to criticize another character here, and I'm going to walk the line, but I don't care. I thought LeBron's wife, they gave her like sassy black woman. And that character is overdone and boring to me. That's sort of like, you better get your ass home. Like that shit I'm done with. And that, that was his, that was his wife. And she seemed to not be really catching on to any of this. I mean, she seemed like completely absent. Cause she would just be like, well, you need to just go out there and do what you have to do. Like not really locked into actually what was going on. So um, I don't think that was really LeBron's wife, but mm. It certainly didn't. I'll, I'll tell you, LeBron's family, the power rankings, LeBron one, middle son two, wife three, obviously Bronny four is the idiot. But that's the power rankings I got from the movie of, of how they were portrayed. <laughs> it definitely is not his wife. And you're absolutely spot on that she had no lines, right? There, there was nothing there. <laughs> she, she can be upset or she could be supportive. That's it. Um, yeah, that was it. And, and she wasn't like, it wasn't like she was like, oh, Okay, they're in this. Like, she didn't seem to ever understand what was going on. She was just angry and telling LeBron, "You better win. You better get our son back." Just kind of a boring character. They yeah, I, I, her. I think she was intended to be boring. She was very motherly, you know, just looking out for her children. Oh, here, all right, this is where we are. This is what we got to do. You know, she was probably holding their hands and you know, making sure everyone was safe, but not a major role. She seemed like a Medea character, like a Tyler Perry written character to me. Not a lot of depth. I didn't see her as being that overstated. If anything, I thought she was probably understated, but. I just meant she was a boring character, like um, the the, the sort of like the stereotypical kind of role of the, the, you know, the the black mother who's like, y'all better stop fooling around out there. 
Right. She was very minor. And I, I thought very mild. Yeah, she had she had those roles of be careful type thing, but uh, very minor character. I probably should have done more with it. You know, so I'll say sure that he needed to be there. I thought that Ernie did the best. Ernie Johnson did the best in the movie. I'd say Don Cheadle is a strong one B there, but I also did enjoy the character of LeBron's like handler buddy whatever he was like part of the posse and i'll tell you why i liked it it was overdone right the, the joke of him losing everybody was like too much in the movie but i did really just intellectually love the the joke of anything that happens with lebron there's probably one of these hanger-ons that get run over in the process like <laughs> who's like not thought of who is fucking something up and like loses money loses his job loses face in front of lebron something so the idea that like this whole thing is happening and he's got one of his like posse crew or just like his handler or buddy or high school friend or whoever this guy was, who's just like tormented by it is a pretty funny concept to me. I'm not sure they executed it well, but the idea is funny. I thought that was the missed opportunity. And I thought you could have had the comedian take that role. Like you could have had Kevin Hart be the yes guy for LeBron. You know, you, you could have had, that would have been great. You but could again, have had some, you could have had someone be that character, have a better role in there and you know maybe this is a big what if but like what if it was anthony davis in that role and he was like hey lebron sidekick role yeah anthony's gonna sign up for that one there's he could say there's this idea that these people shooting me at 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 the club or wherever we were and you know i think we should go talk to them and then that's where they get into algae. You know, they get, someone else could have had a role. I thought that was such a minor, just a role that didn't even need to be there. Like, because he he wasn't even at the game. He was the only one that couldn't get in. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I maybe I'm reading more into the role than really what it was because mm-hmm. I just thought the idea that like LeBron is going through some sort of like thing and whatever it is, doesn't matter, some conflict. And there's always some guy, some non-talent guy who's just around that LeBron keeps around who's like fucked in the process. Now they could have done Kevin Hart, but then then you're talking about like a $200 million movie because God knows how much they had to pay him to be LeBron's sidekick mm-hmm. in this movie. Uh, and then it probably would have been another two years before you get it out because you have to work with his schedule. Right. Um, and, and who knows, and in two, in two years, LeBron, LeBron might be riding the bench, guys. He might be done. So, you know, you had to get it out now. <laughs> That's a terrible take. Um, okay, so LeBron James takes the final shot, which I thought was just, again, not his game, right? His game would be to pass out. Would pass out. He's, he's, he's what is it, triple cover with people on top of him? That's literally his definitional move. That's the thing that makes him different than a lot of other superstars. They played that wrong. Um, yep. He didn't. Yep. He didn't. Uh, he wins the game with an assist from 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 his son. Uh, they make, make it out of there. And then finally, um, they LeBron does trickeration and takes his son to where his son, son thinks a basketball camp is, but they're not heading to a gym. Uh, but instead it's actually some, some computer conference. That part didn't entirely fly with me, Terry. Like I, I know like as a kid, I don't know if you have memories of, of being a kid and just not paying attention to where you're going, but you would have thought you would, you would have said, Hey, this is a little weird. We're in like a, a, a sort of business park area of, of Los Angeles. Where's the basketball camp? Did um, they show him actually in the car on the way there? Do they show, the kid? Yeah, the LeBron and, and his kid on the way there. 
I don't think so. I don't think they did either. So maybe maybe it's just LeBron travels like the president. Maybe they're just in the back of some SUV, you know, and they don't ever know where they're going. <laughs> that that would be the explanation. That's that's fair enough because it just like it seemed like a very odd trickeration to show, you know, LeBron saying, "Oh yeah, actually, I'm I'm sending it to your your computer game camp." Um, when in reality, the kid should have picked up some context clues and said, this is a little weird, um, but maybe that's true. Maybe they're in like a blackout uh, SUV um, and facing the reverse of, of the car. Uh, they have, you know, people giving them massages and such. Um, maybe that, that was a little champagne point. on ice. And he gets to this like Hilton where they're having like a, like a, here's how you like work, you know, the latest algorithm in Excel conference. That thing looked cheap as hell that he was going to, but I mean, whatever, you know, it's in the end of the movie. They're just trying to wrap it up. It just seemed very weird, right? Because that kid created his own video game. He, he did a fantastic job. The video game looked pretty... Looked pretty legit. The video game looked good. If he really created that, that's yes. pretty impressive. It, it's it's not my jam. I, I agree with you guys that like the one-on-one style video game, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, but it looked damn good. Like, kudos to this kid. Um, this kid's got a, got, a, got a future. It's some shit I couldn't do. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Then LeBron plays the good father, um, lets his kid uh-huh. live out his vision. Uh, and then apparently in, in reading afterwards, because I, I did quickly turn the movie off right after the very end. Uh, apparently uh, they had a lot of cameos at the end, which is um, where we we missed out on Bill Murray, who apparently was a cameo at the very end. I don't know. Okay, because I turned it off oh. too. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll have to go back. I, I think I think I was kind of relieved. Uh, I was ready to turn it off. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to check. You know, c- can we go back? You you talked about how you know LeBron the way the game ended. You know, LeBron made the shot. I, when I went back and I watched Space Jam, you know that was probably the most controversial part of the first Space Jam movie was Michael Jordan's arm yes. stretching out and then he would dunk the ball from half court. Pretty absurd. Now, I remember growing up. And I just hated that ending. Me too. Like it, it was, it was, it was stupid. Why, why was all of a sudden Michael Jordan a cartoon? If he hadn't been a cartoon the whole movie, why didn't he just like shoot? Why didn't he just take a you know from right. the top of the key, little little, but, little eighteen footer, MJ style? But rewatching it now, I loved it. I love it now that Michael Jordan stretched out his arm and did it through. I mean, that's just how much Michael Jordan wanted to win the game. I mean, he literally grew extra <laughs> There's a take. <laughs> like, that, that's how good Michael Jordan is. Is and that if he has so to, cool. he will grow his limb to beat you. <laughs> yeah, he, that's, how, that's how much he does not want to go entertain your Martian kids on a faraway planet. He will stretch his arm out. So, it, and I was thinking, like, you know, like, he could have just shot it. But, like, who wants to see Michael Jordan just hit a turnaround jumper Me. over a monster? Me. Yeah, but. So I think that was special. And I, I don't think the ending that they did was, was special enough. Yeah, it was the move that they first had in the video game at the beginning of the movie, I think, where his son was telling him how to play the game. But I don't think they really nailed that on the head when they went through it. I mean, it was an hour and a half later, and that was kind of a, a short callback and short reference from an earlier point in the movie. I think Levi's onto something here because he should have passed it to his son to make. Yes, it. absolutely, yes, he should have. Levi's one hundred percent right about that, and you're all, Levi. You're also right about the fact that they were they portrayed LeBron as having some sort of signature move. Like I can't remember the exact like cadence of it, but it was like 
dribble left, dribble right, step back, shot, right? So whatever it was, there was like a little thing. And they, they were pretending that that was like LeBron's known thing. I've never thought of LeBron as like, a, as like oh, his, his thing is the step back jumper. I've always thought running downhill in transition, he's either going to dunk it on your face or his teammate's going to get an open look. Like that's, Le- that's LeBron to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, this mm-hmm. idea of that he's the step back jumper king. First off, you know, you probably got a lawsuit from James Harden like waiting at the front door as soon as he watched the thing because he's the step back king, Avi. Um, so I just thought it was a weird move, uh, and I don't think anybody walked away from that movie going, "Oh yeah, the the step back from the like top of the key is LeBron." That's the Lebr- that's the LeBron. No, not right. Not. And that was that was another weird thing. You remember on the spaceship when he's just hanging out with Bugs Bunny and he finds a whiteboard and he starts diagramming a play, but it's only it's only a play of like I'm gonna cross him up here. I mean, I'm going to step back and I'm going to shoot it. Do, do NBA players actually diagram their moves like that? That Like, no, who like they're one-on-one plays? Like, let, yeah, let me craft a one-on-one, one-on-one play. <laughs> you four are going to stand over here and then let me show you what I'm going to do. <laughs> like, like oh, that was weird. That, that was really strange. I agree. Uh, so I did find it very funny that, so LeBron James, dad, dad, LeBron James, um, Finds his son. His son's created a video game, and he goes, "Okay, son, I want to. I want to play your video game." Um, oh, this is a little weird. Um, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. Let me do the thing that I'm supposedly is my signature move. Um, that he immediately retreats back to what he knows and just says, "Hey, I'm going to try to try to play real basketball, even though I'm playing a video game." That seems on brand, right? That seems on brand for like an out of out of touch dad to say, um, "I don't quite know how this new thing works, but I'm going to go back to the thing that I know, which is which is my move." Um, and it also is funny that that is not a thing that. Uh, apparently was coded into the game, right? A step back jumper, uh, which is all the rage in the NBA over the past five years. Yeah, apparently apparently you can't, you can't do anything in the last 10 seconds because in the modern NBA, the only thing you're allowed to do in the last 10 seconds is a step back jumper. Yes. So apparently the game just like fritzes at the final 10 seconds. That was a little shot at the modern NBA, just in case everybody wasn't aware what I wasn't doing there. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, like we're we're not going to call it the fact that both both you and I love Luka Doncic, and 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 he's definitely in that that uh, it's tough. Yeah, uh, it's a little too area. much of that in the last yeah. ten seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Go to the right. hole, man. Go to the hole. Anything else we got on Space Jam Two? A new legacy. Yes. The soundtrack. Okay. Where is the soundtrack? I mean. Space Jam, the original, you had Seal doing Fly Like an Eagle. You had R. Kelly doing I Believe I Can Fly. You had the greatest I'm on the train ensemble. as soon as you ride it. You had the greatest ensemble of rappers ever doing Hit Em High. You had Coolio, Be Real, Method Man, L.O. Cool J, and Buster Rhymes on one track. LeBron couldn't get a better soundtrack for this. I mean, it, Maybe I maybe I don't know all the artists. Uh, I I didn't know who was sitting next to Ernie Johnson. To be honest, uh, it was someone that might have been a musician. It seemed like, but uh, I thought the soundtrack. Ernie didn't know him either. I'll just let you know that. Yeah, Ernie didn't know him either, and I I just, <laughs> I, I just thought there was a there there was a missed opportunity there because the Space Jam soundtrack was great. That's an excellent point. I remember. I probably remember the Space Jam soundtrack more than I remember the movie, mm-hmm. um, especially I believe I can fly. I mean, my God, that was like 
top five biggest song of the nineties. Like that's that's almost monstrous. Right. I believe doesn't doesn't really hold up. Doesn't hold up now. We <laughs> no w- one likes it now. Look, I I will say that um, <laughs> the movie we soundtrack. We can't blame Space Jam for our Kelly. <laughs> The movie soundtrack is a dead thing, right? That's that, that, that's not a thing that, that exists that isn't important anymore, right? That was very important in the 90s. It doesn't exist now. Um, but to your other commentary, they had $150 million. You, you can spend a little bit of money on, on, on some music. Um, Absolutely. J. Cole. J. Cole is available for anything basketball-related, I promise you. He's in Africa right now trying to play basketball. That son of a bitch will put a verse down for Space Jam 2, I promise. Um, he loves basketball. Like, even his newest album was like, uh, it was like that. Like you, you talked about all the like capitalist references in Space Jam too. My God, the basketball references in the latest J Cole album were out of. I mean, just too many, just way too many. Yeah, you could have gotten J Cole. I think that's a great point, Brady. That the soundtrack is a missed opportunity here. There's a lot of missed opportunities. Missed opportunity with the comedian. There was no real good comedian. There was a missed opportunity with like more actual basketball being played, and then like more stuff for kids. I feel like a. Uh, in a way, I, I, I kind of had the feeling that 55% of the crowd they were going after was like me, like, like somebody who watched Space Jam when I was a kid and now is like in their 30s or 40s because of all the references that land for me, for like for me. And I like that's kind of weird, right, the, to, to make a Space Jam movie for a 30 year old. It, it was weird. And, you know, I tried to put it on for my son. He's only three. so He did not. He did not get into it. He nope. there was one night he refused to go to bed, and I was trying to watch it. And he watched it for about twenty minutes, and it, it did help him go to sleep eventually. Um, <laughs> but he, I don't think it's nec- it's probably not for three year olds, anyways. I, I don't sleep. That's good. <laughs> it, well, it, it was late. He should have been asleep uh, hours ahead of time, but he yeah it. Overall, like it was not a terrible movie. It was not terrible. It, do I want to watch it again? No, but I mean, will I? If they, whoever does the Space Jam three, will I go back and watch all three of them again? Yeah, I won't skip this one when the next one comes out twenty years later. I'll watch it again. Yeah, you got to get back into the universe. Uh, one thing we do here on Mangum Watches is we always go around and give a letter grade to the the movie we watched. Uh, it's commonplace here for me to grade higher than everyone else. I'm not quite sure I'm going to do that this uh, this go around, but uh, let's start with with Levi. Levi, scale of uh, A to F. What do you give it? D plus. D plus. The same same thing you gave uh, the first Jason movie <laughs> for I, Levi. Space Jam to a new legacy and the original Friday Friday the Thirteenth on equal ground. Uh, it had some good elements, but overall, it was it it wasn't an average movie um it's it's a fine movie um it's it's not a complete abomination i think brady i mean you're right like would i watch it again eventually probably i wouldn't say no to it but i wouldn't go out of my way to watch it brady i I think i'd give it a c and you know if i if i was feeling generous i probably could go up to a b minus but that would I'm not getting any higher than that. You know, I, I'd probably say seven out of 10, which I think is probably right in a C grade. Yeah. I'm going to go C minus. And I'm, I'm going to say that the, 
the appearance of Ernie Johnson, Don Cheadle's role, and and the animation, which is not, I mean, it, they did put a lot of money in the animation. Like it, it was at least high quality. Drag it above a, a above a D for me. I'm giving it a C minus. So this is a this is actually a, a big day here on Mangum Watches where I did not give the highest grade. I always give the highest grade to all the movies we watch. So uh, big day for me. But it is about LeBron James, which you don't like. So um, if 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 this were a player you you enjoyed, you'd probably at least start out at a B minus. I'm trying to figure out a way to refute that. I think you're just 100 percent right. Who who else in the NBA could have done this movie? Steph Curry. Curry. See, Curry's Steph big Curry. enough to do it. And if Curry had done it, Levi's 100% right. I'd be sitting here saying, oh, that's, well, that's like an A minus. I mean, I think it was pretty good. I mean, it could have been a Kobe movie. Kobe, potentially, yeah. Kobe would have been big enough about, what, eight years ago or so to do it. Um, who else Who else has it reached that, that level? Maybe Alan Iverson in like the year 2001. God no! No corporate executive is going to sign Alan Iverson <laughs> in dreadlocks walking in. You know how long it would have taken to film that movie if it was Iverson? Rags, who's got in Timberlands? Like they would. He's out at the club at five a.m. the morning before he shoots. Zero <laughs> percent chance. I, I, I think it's Kobe and Steph. That, that you know that that plus LeBron. Those are the the sort of transcendent like media figures, right? Um, that have yeah. like a, some sort of presence uh, outside of just in the, the NBA. Um, I mean, there's obviously, obviously been great players in the in-between, but I mean, Kevin Durant and this would be either horrible or fantastic. Um, there's there's no... Probably way. both, yeah. I think Shaq could have done it, of course. because Shaq, Shaq could have done it. Movies. I agree. The, the other option, I, I, I would like to see the Tim Duncan Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> yes. All of the jokes about him being boring and Pop would be in it, obviously. Yeah. It, it would it would basically just him being stone faced for like an hour and a half and then just making some some bank shots and then rap, that's a wrap, folks. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, before we sign off, uh, three big things happened in the world of basketball between the three of us since the last time we recorded. I want to give you all a chance to either talk about it or not talk about it. The first is all three of us got wiped in our fantasy league by a guy who auto drafted and didn't set his lineups. So that was pretty rough. Two is there is a God and Milwaukee Bucks actually won the championship, not the New Jersey or the New Jersey Nets. That's what I call them. And then three, the USA basketball won the gold. So for me, uh, obviously the biggest one is that the Bucks won the championship. All is right in the world. Team basketball still matters. Giannis is king. Shout out Giannis, best player in the league. Um, and everything is right in the NBA. And I feel I sleep well at night. I also like that the USA won the gold. I was a little skeptical there, but uh, I really like that they won because now we can't go back and do this revisionist history and say that Coach K is the greatest coach ever. Um, that was that was really big for me. And as far as fantasy basketball, I just suck at it. Uh, Brady, your thoughts on any of those three? You know that it, this was a heartbreaking year for fantasy basketball. I obviously Levi and I were on a collision course for the finals and that was going to be a really tough match levi probably didn't set his lineup correctly i think you'll admit to that i clearly didn't set my lineup correctly in the finals i lost by one steal and that would have gotten me folks to five championships in six years so i've had to now i'm back to 
four championships in six years, but I, I'm going to come back. The, you know, this NBA playoffs, you know, I've had a lot of conversations about whether the injuries were a big deal or not. And I think they were a big deal, but I, I just don't think the injuries were the story for me. I think the story is, you know, the Bucks played ball. Giannis took a big, big leap. I thought Middleton took a big leap and I thought Drew Holiday, you know, really played some good games and Drew Holiday helped the Olympic team a lot. I mean, he, yes, beat he did. Out I'm not sure they would have won the goal without Drew Holiday. I, no, I, and, I really you know, don't. It, it, I, it's not easy to be the U S Olympic basketball team because you have to win. We are, we have the best players. I think most everyone knows we have the most best players. So, I mean, if you don't win, it's a huge disappointment. And whenever we do lose, you know, that's why Coach K comes in and doesn't let anybody else coach or be involved for 12 years. So if we'd have lost, I mean, I guess they would have given it to John Shire or someone. And then Jesus Christ, Brady, don't even fucking say that. No one oh, wants God. that. No one oh, God. Oh, shot in my heart. What, I don't know what I'd do if John Shire was coaching the Olympic team. Yeah. It, Terrible. So, Brady, if this whole law thing doesn't work out for you, you've got a, you've got a future potentially in like hucking like, uh, like mutual funds to, 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 to retirees or something. Uh, because, Jesus Christ, you pivot from a situation where you got beaten by a person who didn't even try uh, to talk about how great you are. Um, I think we all have to take that one to hell. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like we all just we got wallet. He really by did. By I lost to a guy who didn't set his lineup. But by the way, let me tell you how great I am at this. <laughs> just saying, we tried so hard and we lost to a person who wasn't. It is embarrassing on us, Terry. I'm I, I'm a little disappointed you brought this up in, into a public um, setting <laughs> because honestly, it just it shames me <laughs> um, as a person who tries so hard to win a fantasy <laughs> basketball. Uh, and, and get undermined by a, a damn auto drafter uh, who doesn't even set his lineup. Didn't even set his lineups and beat all. Beat, well, beat you two, and I lost to Brady. So I mean, basically beat me too. That, that um, shit sucks. It's terrible. Um, I like your 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 stance there, uh, Jerry. That that we won't allow Coach K to to try to revise history and make himself out to be the greatest coach of all time. Um, that's 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 a good take because otherwise, I didn't particularly care about USA basketball this year. Was more keen on, on our 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 boy Luca and seeing seeing he did well and he he did do well. Um, he carried a team that um, that over, a bunch over of bartenders and guys who short order cooks and stuff. I wasn't gonna go that far. I think they're they're professionals, but um, they're not necessarily top in the world. Um, and I don't know if I I agree with your characterization there, Terry. Um, I mean, I certainly would would prefer uh, Milwaukee to win over. New Jersey um, slash Brooklyn. Um, but you also want a hundred Dogecoin off me uh, because we did have. I did. I did. I bet Levi. Uh, it was really great for me. And we were betting individual games and I was beating you in that too. Shout out to Bucks. But I love it. I love that Giannis is king. I love that KD is no longer the face of the league. LeBron is an afterthought. He'll take a 50 piece, not 49, not 51, a 50 piece. He asks people before he films them. He's on IG Live. He's the most charismatic guy we have in the league. Shout out Giannis. If his shoes were just 5% better, I would buy his shoes. His shoes stink. They're terrible. The Zoom freaks are awful. If they were just slightly better, I'd have them on my feet right now. That's how much of a Giannis fan I am. And I actually took a heat check with you guys the other day. Asked you who was the best player in the league. Both of you said KD. 
I'm here now in public. Um, I want to say Giannis. Giannis is the best. Giannis is king. That's my stance. And that's the last take I have for the podcast. Anybody wants to respond? You're always welcome to be wrong, Terry. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't. I'm not there yet. Just not there yet. It could happen, but not yet. I mean, you got to remember, he was Giannis was KD's toenail away from being eliminated, and that was eliminating all the Bucks. And uh, you know, two thirds of the Nets were already eliminated. Didn't happen. <laughs> scoreboard baby um still one look i you're absolutely spot on that that Giannis is the most charismatic uh player in the nba right now um there's a useful energy and 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 general fun that 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 just is crazy um it's it's great that he's a smaller market right he he could he could actually be in a a bigger market but in a smaller market it it seems more special um and, and his sort of small town charisma can sort of radiate through, right? Um, whereas if, if he was being that charming um, on Broadway and New York, yeah, right? with, like, in Manhattan, that wouldn't fly now. He, yeah. he would be swarmed by fans. He couldn't do anything. He'd have to ride in a, like a, a black SUV everywhere. He wouldn't be able to be out amongst the people necessarily. Whereas in Milwaukee, it makes a little bit more sense to be. Yeah, able he's to just be fucking out. hanging out at Chick fil A, like, and it's totally cool. Like, no big uh, part, no problem. Kevin Durant's best player in basketball. Um, and we will see next year. Next year, um, hopefully, uh, maybe they'll get two out of three uh, players on the nets that are that are healthy. And we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But We will. Maybe we'll maybe we'll bet some Ethereum. I don't, I don't know if Dogecoin is going to be around by then. So <laughs> maybe we'll bet some, some ETH on that one. All right, guys. I think we can wrap up here. Uh, thank you very much for your time. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and thanks everybody for listening. If you want to listen to any of our other pods, you can go to whatever podcast platform you're listening to this in and just type in Mangum Talks. All of our pods will pop up. Uh, we have a bunch of podcasts where we do a lot of things and we have a lot of fun doing it. So thank you for listening. And until next time, we'll see you.